Welcome to Seekers and Scholars, coming to you from the Mary Bacardi Library in Boston and online at mbelibrary.org. I'm Jonathan Eder, host of this podcast in which we explore the meeting place of spiritual and scholarly pursuits, including how those pursuits intersect in the public square of today's media. So I'm so happy to be welcoming Liz Kinnicky, writer and producer of CBS's Religion and Culture series. Hello, Liz. Hi, how are you? I'm, I'm doing very well. And, and how are things in, in New York? Um, busy. <laughs> okay, well, that, that's the general impression we have of, of New York. But we, we have our own sense of busyness here in, in Boston. At any rate, uh, Liz has been uh, with the Religion and Culture series at CBS since 2005. She has received numerous Wilbur Awards from the Religion Communicators Council for her work at CBS. The Wilbur recognizes excellence in communicating religious issues, values, and themes in the public media. She was nominated for the New York Emmy Award for the CBS program, Faith, Hope, and the Burden of Addiction. So, Liz, we were so happy a few years ago when you and your team came to the Christian Science Plaza to garner information for a program that would be titled World Religions, Tibetan Buddhism, Christian Science, and Jainism. And as part of that, you, you took the opportunity to interview several of us from the Mary Baker Eddy Library. So we had a little bit of a taste of, of what you do. So Liz, I recently listened to a program that you were involved with from the Religious Freedom Center in Washington, D.C., and in it, you said it took you about 10 years to feel you were really getting it as a reporter on religion. Right. You know, I came into this almost sideways as a journalist, mm. right? All, all my background had been in working in hard news and covering people doing biographies and things like that in longer format programming. So when I took the job, I needed a paycheck, but I was also intrigued by this idea. Um, and the first show I actually did was this show called Sacred Spaces, which, you know, could, could really be whatever I wanted to make it. But what was so overwhelming and what I f ended up finding is that because the topic of world religions is so vast, I was spending a lot of time just trying to get up to speed on what all these different religious traditions believe, what the tenets of their faith are, what worship looks like, what their basic theology was. And so that that has been where I've had to do the most work. And then on top of that, adding how it fits into history mm. and how history and religion, they're not mutually exclusive, right? They, they work in tandem with one another. So I really had to brush up on my world history at the same time I was trying to study religion. I feel like I've been a religious studies major for the last <laughs> 10, 13 years, and I'm constantly humbled by how little I know, and I will probably never know enough. But it's never dull. And I probably meet the most fascinating people that you could be introduced to. So I'm, I'm very uh, lucky that way. You produce four episodes per year for the Religion and Culture series at, at CBS. What are you looking for in those episodes? Uh, how do you decide upon the story that you're selecting so the way we approach our programming yearly is we sit down at the beginning of the year and we invite various faith leaders and uh, religion scholars of different areas of expertise. And we sit down and we talk almost like a Quaker meeting and discuss, you know, what's going on in your community and what's going on in the world in general and how can we marry those things. 
for instance, this year we started off with a show about racism. It was called Race, Religion, and Resistance, and that aired in April. And we just finished a program about African-American women and their spirituality and how it inspires their fight for justice in their communities. And that was called Reclaiming History, a Movement for Equality. All of these shows are all available after they air uh, across the U.S. on CBS. They're available online at cbsnews.com slash religion and culture. For the program that came out of your interviews here and at the Christian Science Plaza in Boston, how did that show come about? I think when we decided to do the show, we were looking at the way religion is discussed in the public squares, usually around mainline Protestant religions, uh, our Jewish community, also um, members of the Muslim community, all those tend to be the religions that were discussed the most at that time. Obviously, in the wake of 9-11, you heard a lot about Islam. So what we wanted to focus on were what we would call, you know, minority religions that nobody hears a lot about other than unless there's some sort of um, negative, almost negative story about them. So We wanted to just sort of do what we call an explainer show on what is Christian science, what is Jainism, what is Tibetan Buddhism, Mm -hmm. Uh, because we are the most religiously diverse country in the world, and and we're, you know, living next door to people that we don't really know who they are other than what we might hear in the media, which might actually not be fully the full picture. So we wanted to sort of humanize these religions in a way that maybe they weren't given an opportunity to do so before. Mm. So when preparing to do these interviews and preparing to investigate into these different religions and minority faiths, were there certain essential questions, core questions that you knew you would be needing to ask? Well, I think so. It's almost like I approach it and what I would suggest anyone who wants to talk more about their religion in the public square is to think about your audience is somebody where you're at, you're invited to a dinner party and you're being asked, you know, what does your religion actually believe? And what would you tell them about it if you were in a dinner party setting? In accessible language, things like, you know, who's the founder of your religion? Mm-hmm. Um, how did it come about? And what are the basic belief systems that you will adhere to? And then what does that look like when you live it, right? How do you live out your faith in the everyday um, and then the other thing I I wish I'd been able to include in the piece that we did on Christian science is like, who are some of the notable Christian scientists and what were their contributions? Because I always think that's really interesting to see people who have made some sort of notable contribution but belong to a particular faith tradition. It's just sort of an interesting anecdote. Was there any particular response that you got to that show that gave you a sense of how the how the public received it? I think the hardest part about doing an explainer show is hoping that the people that actually adhere to the faith or that, you know, are are the the people that live out that faith, mm-hmm. that they feel like it's authentic to who they are and, and that they feel fairly represented. And so I actually, uh, full disclosure, one of my first jobs out of television was working for World Monitor. And someone who I'd worked with on that show, who is a Christian scientist, actually reached out to me. He's like, you completely got it. Thank you so much. I was I was really impressed with what you did. So that made me feel good, right? Because he didn't know that we were doing this program, but he just felt that we had done a fair job of it. I never really heard the full review from you, Jonathan, however. <laughs> he thought about how we covered it. I thought it, 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 it hit a lot of the key issues. I thought it told Mary Baker Eddy's story in a concise and accurate way, um, in an understandable way. I thought that it 
address some of the the misunderstandings about Christian science in in the culture and and help clarify some of those questions. And I enjoyed very much the Christian science practitioner, Christian science healer that you you found and interviewed for the program, who I believe is out of the New York area. And what's amazing is that was probably eight to 10 minutes. I can't really remember how long, but that time goes really quickly, right? Mm-hmm. So that's a huge luxury to have eight to 10 minutes to talk about any particular tradition. Can you imagine for those news programs that, that don't have the luxury of that time? So it really is an art form to try to represent a, a faith tradition accurately, but and given how much time you're given, especially in television, it's not a print piece, right? It, mm-hmm. it moves very quickly. So how can you do that most effectively? And that's really where the rubber meets the road if you're a religion reporter in the broadcast world, right? How effective can you be in telling putting a lot of information in a very short period of time. And fortunately, we have the uh, added bonus of being able to use things visually, which which helps helps a lot explain things where you're not having to write it out, right? You can see it. You don't have to actually hear it necessarily, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. My understanding is that CBS's programming for religion and culture has been in existence since, is it 1948? Is that right? Or, That's correct, yeah. Yeah. Um, So have you had the opportunity to look back at how this kind of subject was covered uh, at the inception of this program and then compare that to how you're engaging with this subject matter today? And does that tell you anything about how religion has changed in America and and more specifically how we talk about it uh, in, in the United States in 2018 versus 1948, when this program began? The biggest thing is that we're a lot more religiously diverse. We have a lot more religious minorities living amongst us Mm -hmm. than we did in 1948. So in that way, things have changed, which is why it's helpful to do a a show on on Hindus or do a show on Jains. Um, They -hmm. live next door to us. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, And I think because what was so great about Christian science is that obviously it's it's based in Christianity, but because in, in many ways it's a quote-unquote younger religion, right? Mm-hmm. So in terms of that, it's like thinking about how to cover something when we are so religiously diverse. What I do think is really interesting is seeing this movement, especially in the public school system, where more and more teachers are doing continuing education around religion because they see how they can incorporate it into their own teaching done properly, right? Teaching and not preaching, mm-hmm. but teaching about religion is legal and constitutional in America. But we haven't been doing that. I mean, I went to a public school, but I didn't learn about world religions in in school. People like Charles Haynes, who is vice president of the Freedom Forum Institute at the Religious Freedom Center and senior scholar at the First Amendment Center, who writes and speaks extensively on religious liberty and religion and public life, and has also been a huge advocate for teaching about religion Mm -hmm. in public schools, which is legal and constitutional. So it's people like him who have been working on behalf of this cause for 25, 30 years. And now I think it's, it's finally really starting to gain some steam. I mean, that's fascinating to, to know about and, and to have that observation about that evolution of people in, as teachers who want to engage with this kind of content more and are enthusiastic about it and committed to it. To bring this back to the program that you did 
that included Christian science. We were very interested mm-hmm. to be part of that uh, at the Mary Baker Eddy Library. What were you looking for from us in particular? My favorite thing is always to talk to archivists and, the, you know, the people who are the keepers of the goods, so mm-hmm. to speak. And um, and I often find archivists are, are really adept at being able to speak coherently and uh, in a really poetic way about, and a passionate way about what it is that they do every day. And the the way they've combed through thousands of pages of writings of Mary Baker Eddy uh, means that you can really glean some interesting facts that you might not get from, you know, Googling it, right? Mm-hmm. So that's always, that's helpful. And plus, you have that huge repository of, of photographs and all those things that you don't get to see mm-hmm. other than if you were to visit the Mother Church, right, in Boston. So that's fun for us, too, to sort of like, it's like a little bit of a time capsule experience for me, at least. And also, because it's visual, you can really make use of all those added elements that you might not get from a print piece. The fact that you all were willing to sit down and talk to us and tell us great stories was win-win. Great. That makes us feel good. Uh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you've been doing this for 13 years, Liz. Uh, this has been your, your professional uh, life, your career. Um, what has it meant to you personally to be involved with this kind of content and subject matter of what religion means for individuals and what it means uh, in the public square and, and in our culture? Well, what's interesting is that um, I never saw myself as becoming a religion reporter. It has completely changed my life and how I see the world. And uh, I think especially now, even over the last 13 years, but today especially, it's incredibly complicated to report on religion, but also seeing how it's now more important than ever. Mm-hmm. To be able to help shed some light and hopefully educate people about all these different traditions in the best way we know how is a privilege, right? And I don't, and we don't take it lightly by any stretch of the imagination. So in that way, I'm very grateful and even grateful that CBS continues to allow us to exist. Uh, we are the only network that has a unit that's devoted specifically to reporting on religion. Yeah, again, it's an incredible privilege, and I'm very happy to be doing it. And I care deeply, deeply about the people that we report on and how we just need to have a greater understanding about different faith traditions. You don't have to be religious to care about religion, right? It affects all of us. So it's been life-changing, and the people I meet are incredible. And I would recommend any religion reporter or anyone out there who's a reporter of anything to just have that idea that what what inspires people, whether they were raised in a tradition and maybe left it, but religion is that white noise hum, right, that exists in all of us and exists in society. And so it's to not have it playing in the back of your head um, means that you might be missing a really vital piece of what makes us who we are. Mm. Beautifully said. Thank you so much, Liz. And thank you for spending some time with us today to explain a little bit about your work as a religion reporter for CBS and what you want to bring out to people, to, to viewers, to understand better about the religious dimension of people's experience and of our, our world. We're so happy to learn a bit more about that and then to revisit the program that you did on uh, Christian science as part of a, a larger program on, on world religions. 
So it was fun to regroup around that experience and just wishing you the best going forward with this kind of reporting. So thanks so much, Liz. Thank you so much, Jonathan. Thanks for having me. Our pleasure. Thank you for listening to this episode of Seekers and Scholars, in which we explored the media and the role of the scholar in covering and discussing religion in the public square. Our guest was Liz Kinnicky, writer and producer of CBS's Religion and Culture series. Please tune in to our next episode, when we will be discussing media in the public square during an earlier time period, that of the progressive era in American history. Our guest will be Dr. Ashley Squires for a conversation on Mark Twain, Mary Baker Eddy, and the news. Dr. Squires is the author of Healing the Nation, Literature, Progress, and Christian Science, published by Indiana University Press in 2017. I'm Jonathan Eder, Programs Manager at the Mary Baker Eddy Library. Thank you for listening to Seekers and Scholars. This podcast is produced by the Mary Baker Eddy Library. Copyright 2018.